It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We have checked the tape versus the Washington Commanders and the Miami Dolphins 45 point offensive performance was spotlighted by a number of recent draft selections by this iteration of the team. We're exploring that here today on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked on Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked on Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked on Dolphins, co-host of Locked on NFL Scouting. Today is Tuesday, December 5th, 2023. Special shout out to everybody who checks out the show on a daily basis on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm actually live on YouTube right now, which is a rarity for me, but we are live on Tuesday. So hello, everybody. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create account, use code Locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase on last minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. We checked the tape yesterday. I got a hold of the all 22. This is not a tape review. There's not tape clips here. This is themes and central themes from the tape review. Um, Because I I think there's a number of thoughts that I have that I really wanted to make sure that we focused on. Uh, And and the first one being this. Good morning to uh, the first place Miami Dolphins. Uh, The Jacksonville Jaguars fell last night on Monday Night Football. Miami 9-3. Uh, first place in the AFC conference, which is pretty cool. Uh, the next thought that I have, the standout performers for me beyond Tyree Kill, who was an obvious no-brainer marquee acquisition for this franchise when he became available. He's been everything you hoped he would be and more on the football field for the Miami Dolphins. The best players on the field offensively for Miami have been draft choices from the last three years. Austin Jackson. Tua Tonga-Valoa. Uh, you even look at Liam Eikenberg, Devon Achan. Like the, these were the best players for Miami against Washington. 
And it's really cool to see some of these players, particularly those of who have been maligned, uh, kind of come into their own. So let's start up front. We'll start with the trenches because I know everybody loves offensive line play as Dolphins fans. We've all been scarred by so many bad offensive lines for forever that uh, you start with a good thing, which is Austin Jackson mauling dudes. You know it's good because Lewis Riddick was watching uh, tape on his own, presumably, and prep for he'll be calling the game for Monday Night Football next week when the Dolphins host the Titans. Um, but he put out a tweet shouting out Austin Jackson for the like unbridled violence that he was playing with and the urgency that he was playing with to dictate terms to opposing defensive linemen for Washington. And we talked about Washington. We knew that edge group really didn't have the teeth that it potentially could have when they traded away Montez Sweat and Chase Young. And I get that. But you're late in the game. You're up 25, 23 points. And it's fourth and one. And you're on that possession to end the game. And you're trying to milk clock and you're trying to execute and get valuable reps in a possession where you got to run the ball. And, and they ran the ball with a great deal of effectiveness. And they got some short yardage opportunities to run the ball in this contest. And Austin Jackson steps down on a three technique and combos with Lester Cotton because Robert Hunt was out of the, the game at this point and climbs up to linebacker Cody Barton and like wipes him off the face of the planet. <laughs> Just an unreal level of that you're seeing from Austin in his totality right now. Athleticism, confidence, reactive athleticism. So it's not just being able to get up on the second level or being able to get outside the hashes or, or out to the numbers and challenging defenders. It's the short area reactive quickness that has been really what Austin struggled with with his first few years in the league that you're seeing him close the space so that way he can trust his athleticism. and. To have that be probably the biggest change for him uh, ha has been really enlightening, and it has yielded. This was one of the best performances Austin Jackson's put on 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 tape all season long, and not just in pass protection where Washington didn't have teeth, also in the run game. I would also say this was probably the best game Lee Meikenberg's ever played as a member of the Miami Dolphins. Let that sink in. So I know Lee Meikenberg's a real popular guy with a lot of Dolphins fans. And he just got done saying how much more comfortable he was on the right side of the offensive line. They flipped him over to left guard. When Robert Hunt re-aggravated the hamstring, they left him at, at left guard, and they put Lester Cotton in at right guard instead. So Liam, my, one of the biggest issues with Liam Eikenberg is overextending, uh, not anchoring well, center gravity, getting caught with high hips, and getting knocked around by powerful players. Well, Washington, say what you will about their edge group. Washington's interior duo is about as good of a, a one-two punch in combinations you're going to get across the league this side of like San Francisco or Philadelphia. It's a really good duo group with Deron Payne and, and with John Allen. And the rotational guys, it's like John Ridgeway, it's Fidarian Mathis, who they drafted in the second round. Was it overdrafts? Neither here nor there. Liam... Getting up on the second level, he's working through combo blocks. He's sustaining with his hands. The center of gravity is much better for him to sustain blocks. First contact's usually been okay, but it's I lose my footing or my feet die or I get my shoulders out up over top of my hips. Liam in this game, I, I thought played with a really good cadence. And again, it, it's a really good understanding of 
how all the pieces of your, your front are supposed to work together. Miami got deep into this game and they didn't really have a ton of rushing production and, and you get it right. Because you had two 60 plus yard touchdown passes from two and to Tyree kill and you had a defensive touchdown. So when that's 21 points, yeah, you're, you're going to have the other team possess the ball for a good bit of time. But down the stretch, when Miami wanted to run and they needed to run, and the offensive line is Keon Smith, Liam Eikenberg, Connor Williams, Lester Cotton, Austin Jackson, the reps are still there. And the reps for Liam, whether it was Keon or Tehran on his left-hand side, the, the, the chemistry and cohesion. So I know, know Liam's been asked about this, and he's talked about how, and Mike McDaniels alluded to this too, kind of Liam being pinballed around all these different spots. Well, it hasn't been ideal for him to settle into a spot and do so quickly. It's expanded the understanding of the concepts and how all the pieces of the front are supposed to work together and the mechanics are supposed to work together. Was it perfect? No. Were there times where his hands were a little bit outside of the strike zone and a little wide? Yes. Were there times where maybe we grabbed a little bit and we got a little greedy with a little extra tug that maybe we didn't need? Yes. But there weren't like the dude, why are you on the ground reps? There weren't the dude, you totally whiffed on him whiffs. That was consistent play. And I know this is not a conversation for right now. It's a conversation for the off season. But if you look at the history of interior offensive linemen in San Francisco, Mike McDaniels, obviously off that tree and the ideology of paying those players. And you look at Liam Eikenberg putting together the, the last month has probably been the best stretch of football. He's played for the Miami Dolphins the entire time he's been here. And he's on a rookie contract next year as a draft selection. And he's putting in quality reps and he has positional flexibility. Don't be surprised when Liam Eikenberg gets into this offseason and they're talking about him being penciled in as a starter for the Dolphins in 2024. And it's one less position for a box that you got to check. And if you can just get sufficient play, that's the floor, sufficient play, that'd be great. That'd be outstanding. I'd love to see that. I love to see all of you who are here with me on Tuesday morning here on December 5th, 2023, the first place Miami Dolphins. Uh, we're putting a bow on Washington today. We're going to switch gears and get into Tennessee tomorrow on the show. Uh, and we're going to talk about Tua Tungvaloa next, another uh, oft-maligned draft selection, not so much recently, but nevertheless a player that has uh, had his own developmental curve. And we'll talk a little bit about the cameo on the Manning cast last night as well, but mainly want to keep the focus on his performance versus Washington and all of the good that I took from that tape. So that's up next here on Locked on Dolphins. I did mention it uh, when I got down to FedEx Field. It was courtesy of Game Time. Got my tickets within 24 hours of the start of the game. Game Time is the ticketing app that is obsessed with finding ways to save you money on tickets and the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase because they give you sight lines from your seat. So you know exactly what you're signing yourself up for, for whatever seat you choose to buy. All in prices show you your total upfront. So there's no surprises when you put those tickets in your shopping cart and go to checkout. And you can buy tickets in seconds with just a few taps on your phone. You can find exclusive deals and sponsored deals for tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NFL for $20 off. Download game time today for last minute tickets, 
lowest prices guarantee. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Two is dealing. <laughs> I think that's that's really where you have to start. Uh, it, it was, and I, I've made this analogy before. I think it was against Carolina earlier this season. But you know how Steph Curry throws up those those bombs from midcourt? And maybe you're not a basketball fan, but it's the best. It's a home run hitter who hits a home run, and he holds holds that bat at the top of the swing a little bit extra longer. Tua held his, th- his release on just about every throw that he had on Sunday against Washington. And it's like the I'm feeling it kind of thing. And it wasn't a picturesque or perfect game. So if you're going to sit here and nitpick, uh, Dolphins' second or third possession, they came out and they put Tyreek Hill in full house pistol formation in the backfield, and they ran effectively uh, post wheel or, or glance wheel or drift eight wheel with Tyreek out of the backfield. And it was an RPO where we had a chance to put the ball in the running back's belly, and we're reading this half of the field, and we're just feeling space. We're going to throw the post. We're going to throw the wheel to Tyreek. And I don't know what he saw that made him pull because he looked at Tyreek and then he came back to the post and there was a free runner that was coming at him. And then he goes back to Tyreek and he just kind of flips the ball out, but he eats a big hit from, uh, I think it was Kaliki Hudson was the player who came off the edge and hit him and, and he planted him actually pretty good. It was about as solid of a hit as Tua has taken all season long. But it's a bad rep. The silver lining is if you go back and you watch that play and they show Tua get hit, what Tua does as he's going to the ground is he takes a face-to-face collision, and as he's going down, he breaks his fall with his non-throwing hand, and then as he's going to the ground, he takes his throwing hand, and it simultaneously strikes the ground for that force distribution. It's like a, a pro wrestling bump, a back bump. Uh, they, they're taught to make sure you create as large of a surface area that's simultaneously hitting the ground to distribute the force so that it doesn't create the whiplash effect, Right. And his head hit the ground, but it didn't hit with the snap that it hit so often last year. So I'm not saying it was to a jitsu, but I'm saying he took a big hit to the grill and properly aided himself going to the ground. Uh, John Allen, in another instance, when they were backed up inside their own 10-yard line, uh, gets Tua and he kind of wraps him and rolls him. And Tua rolls through the contact. He rolls up over the body of John Allen and pops back up on his feet. And they kind of dap each other up after the play. They're both Alabama guys. So it was like things like that were the little things away from, holy cow, he's throwing dots all over the field. Because he did throw dots all over the field. Uh, some of the, the anticipation throws, you know, if you're a QB school guy or a girl and you, you, you love JT Sullivan like I do, anytime to, he does the two videos, I love getting like the capital A anticipation telestration that JT likes to do uh, to illustrate just how early two is throwing balls down the field. The... Uh, post, the big post that he hit to Jalen Waddell against Tampa 2 coverage was a big-time anticipation throw. He did some stuff outside of structure. Uh, he obviously had the free runner off of the left-hand side 
where he set him up. He kind of set the hook and drifted back, kind of opened up like he was going to throw. And then he stepped up in front of him, slid outside and hit the ball to Julian Hill for a completion to get the ball down inside the five yard line. It was a pressure situation where based off Washington's front, he was hot. He understood he was hot. It was cool to see him understand protections. And I'll go to segue talking about the game to talking about Manny cast last night. Cause if you missed it and you could probably find it on YouTube, if you did two went on the Manning cast late first quarter, early second quarter and hung out with Peyton and Eli Manning. And they, they two played the guitar. He played Eric Clapton. It was beautiful. It's a little sweet home Alabama, but, one of the things that they asked him about was setting protections. And I thought that this was a really cool look into the development of Tua Tagovailoa. Because I had heard this in the pre-draft process, but I didn't get a chance to, you know, talk and evaluate Tua specifically. At Alabama, there was no quarterback responsibilities for protections. And then, and Tua said this on the Manicast last night. You transition to Chan Gailey's offense as a rookie in 2020, and you're responsible for everything. Mic points, protections, adjustments, all of it. And that's a, that's a whole different world than routes and coverages. And he kind of hinted at the past about learning how fronts and coverages fit together and where the safety rotation is and what that means for or where the front, where the numbers are in the front versus the center and your passing and running strength. And what that's probably going to mean for the rotation of the secondary based on where the leverage is in the front. Like it, it all fits together, right? And I'm, I might, for some of you, be talking a foreign language right now. And that's kind of the point of like, if you're a quarterback and you don't do that, you have to know all that and you have to be really proficient at that. And you come into a league and you're expected to do that. It might not go well. Might have a little bit of an extra developmental curve. Never mind how bad the system around you is. And seeing Tua talk about, you know, doing that now and the answers that we have in this system and being exposed to that and that being a big leap for me was really cool. It's a, it's an extra layer to the evaluation when we're going to look back on the development of Tua Tungalow, where wherever his career ends up going. You'll look at that early chapter, that Brian Flores era chapter, those two years, and you'll look at it and it'll be a little more helpful to know that was the expectation versus what he did at Alabama. And he disclosed that on the Manicast. I thought that was really cool. But going back to the game, uh, he set the hook on a free runner because he understood the protection, understood he was hot. Then he gets outside the pocket. And he would have had another really nice play outside of structure. Everybody knows the Jalen Waddle drop. Probably It could have been an 81-yard touchdown, to be honest. Uh, there was two defenders and one receiver about, 20 yards away from Waddle when he dropped the ball. Tua rolls out to his left, uh, throws back across the middle, but with good velocity, and puts the ball right on Jalen Waddle's face. And they simply miss the opportunity because Jalen goes to look to run after the catch before he secures the ball. It's a bummer. It's a bummer of a play. Because Tua would go from 280 to probably 350 and would have three touchdowns and it'd be a totally different conversation versus like, oh, he had a really, really, really statistically good day. You're like, he had an awesome day. Um, but nevertheless, you, you don't lose sight of the execution and the navigation of the pocket. And this all ties together for me for one stat that I think tells the story of this game. 
Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, Tua Tagovailoa held the ball on average 2.56 seconds from snap to release across his 24 passing attempts in this game. That is the second highest figure that he's posted all season. Second highest. Second only to the Buffalo game week four when he held it for 2.59. He held it about a quarter second longer than his season average across all 401 passing attempts that he has this year, which is a career high through 12 games. So he held the ball as long as he has all year, and he was pressured six times, and he's hit once. And I would say the hit that he took was a very easily avoidable hit. Tells you what kind of offensive day the Dolphins had. But some of that's Tua. Some of that's the offensive line. Some of that's the play calling. Some of that's Washington. I don't care. What I care about is they put together a complete performance. And Tua, just like Tua through his first two years, was much maligned. There's skepticism. There was incomplete evaluation for him. He saw a leap last year. And then there was another question with durability and seeing him uh, thriving the way that he is now and playing responsible football to protect himself. That's another big thing about understanding protections is understanding. You, you have to understand where you are liable. You have to understand where you are at risk. And if you don't understand protections intimately and fronts intimately and pressure situations, you're at a situation where, where you're exposing yourself to more hits. And two has been as good as any player in the league in that. And that was a continuation against Washington, but they did it pushing the ball and they did it with him holding the ball, but still playing responsibly, which I think is, is a nice win for the Dolphins in this game as I evaluated this contest. I have a big personnel observation that includes Devon Achan, and that will be next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. So stick with us. I know we talk about sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of life, but uh, we could just talk for a minute about preparing for real life. The FDA uh, states that pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade, which is scary stuff. I can't imagine being uh, a more helpless feeling than one of my kids getting sick and not having the medicine that they need to feel better because of a supply chain issue. Uh, and thankfully, we will be okay because of Jace Medical. Jace Case it's a pack of five different antibiotics that treat long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, and others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It has never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off of your order. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or... Could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, 
dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. The Devon Achan effect is, is continuing this theme of recent Dolphins draft selections that had their thumbprints all over this Dolphins win and this 45-point performance. Talked about Austin Jackson, talked about Liam Eikenberg, talked about Tua Tagovailoa. Devon Achan. And the impact extends beyond just getting the touches that he got, especially down the stretch late in the game, spelling Raheem Mostert, having really good plays with the ball in his hands, uh, looking as electric as ever. Right, like that's 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 good stuff, but it's not really the big takeaway that I have. I have two, and the first one comes from a personnel grouping. I think the Dolphins' most lethal personnel grouping down the stretch, if all of these players are available to the team to play, is Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Devon Achan, Raheem Mostert, and Alec Ingold slash Durham Smythe simultaneously. So that could be thirty personnel, which is three backs and no tight ends, or 21 personnel, which is two backs and one tight end. But the two backs are both running backs. Because Miami, they come out here in this first Tyree kill touchdown, they go empty, five-man protection. And they get Devon Achan out on the perimeter on the right-hand side with a linebacker walked up over top of him. And Tyree kill is to the other side of the field in a trips formation, three by one, he's the slot. And they both run vertical routes. They talked before the game that they were cognizant that Washington liked to give vertical support to their their linebacker in coverage against running backs, particularly ones that could run. And that meant Washington was going to play cover one, and they were going to cheat the safety to the two-man side away from Tyreek Hill in the slot. And Tua, you see him get up to the line of scrimmage. You see him signal with Tyreek Hill, and they said that was not the original route that was called. There's good pre-snap awareness. Again, this is commanded the offense. They signal each other. Tyreek runs a slot fade, and they hit it up over the top for a touchdown. 78-yard catch and run. It's good football, and it's the tell is predicated by getting up to the line of scrimmage and assessing the leverage of the defense. But Devon Achan's presence and his speed puts a certain level of fear in coverage against linebackers when you're going to go with man coverage. And that's not anything new. But seeing the ways in which the Dolphins had interchangeability with Mostert and Achan and at times Jalen Waddell and the other wide receivers and, and how all of the pieces can be simultaneously on the field but slotted differently creates a lot of problems. You you have Jalen Waddle running presumably a choice right route out of the backfield and getting drawn on a linebacker because they, they don't want to play man coverage. Things like that with this group, especially as the offensive line continues to perform the way that it is, is really important because all of that speed, the Dolphins had a three-man side to the field where they had Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and Devon Achan, all simultaneously on the field. And there's going to be a touchdown on this, and it's going to go to Devon Achan in the slot on a fade route. Just watch. We'll circle back when it happens, and we'll talk about it. But they hit a big post route to, to Jalen Waddle, 
because you had Tyreek Hill run a bubble, Waddle ran a post, and Achan comes up and he runs like he's working an option route and he converts to a fade and he switches outside behind the post from Jalen Waddle. And that two-man safety was really quick to drive down on that anticipation throw from Tua to drive on the post. And you're just leaving all that space open if you're going to vacate and cut that first in-breaking route. And Miami being able to hit these shots down the field the last two weeks against teams that when they want to get aggressive or when they want to play man coverage, you say, okay, bet. We're, we got enough guys that are going to run away from you. You're not going to be able to cover us all and cap us all vertically. That's the big observation that I have. Um, and, and then being able to run the ball, whether it's Alec Ingold with his versatility, Durham Smythe, he lines up at a bunch of different spots. Julian Hill, I thought, played a good football game as UDFA for the Dolphins in this game, caught two balls. A good effort after the catch, but also physical presence in the blocking game. If the offensive line gets the kind of push that they did in this game against other defenses with this personnel package, you're going to get nickel and dime defenses, and you're not going to be able to fit the box. And Miami had success against, again, John Allen and a group of really good defensive tackles. Deron Payne to double team, climb, create vertical movement, get off the line of scrimmage and create creases. And the backs ran hard downhill. And if all of those things work together with the speed of that 21 personnel grouping, it's going to be a beautiful thing. That is going to do it for us here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. I hope you guys enjoyed this foray into the Dolphins performance in week 13 offensively and some of the recent draft selections that at times in their chapters with Miami have been maligned players, be that Tua, be that Austin Jackson, be that Liam Eikenberg, Devon Achan, of course, maybe too early in his career to have that experience, but has dealt with some injuries, seeing him back, seeing what this can look like for Miami. It's all very exciting stuff. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the defense side of the ball with a show later today, so plan accordingly. I hope to see you then. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm out of here. Peace. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.